Welcome to Health Matters, Sonoma's weekly program devoted to health and well-being. Each week through interviews, editorials, and listener participation, we will explore topics and issues of contemporary medicine and its relationship to the lifestyles of our community. Our goal is to provide you with information and resources to help you achieve and maintain what you deserve, a happy, healthy, and productive life. I'm your host, Dr. Ned Hoke, a veteran in natural methods healthcare, speaking with you today from Sonoma Valley, California, for an hour of health topic digestion and discussion. Please stay with us. And welcome back to Health Matters, Dr. Ned Hoke, today joined by Kathy, is it pronounced Freston? Sure is. Okay, well, great. Well, Kathy Freston, we're so happy to have you with us and to be able to share some of your your some of your new book, Seventy Two Reasons to Be a Vegan, and Why Plant Based and Why Now. So maybe for our listeners who may or may not be really familiar with you or your writing, maybe we could start a little bit. Well, actually, I'm just going to I'm going to stock myself right there because I, I something came through on the public press recently that you may have heard about. Jane Goodall the famous uh, 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 researcher of, of animals. And uh, she came out, with, she and a group of people uh, sent a letter to the Associated Press style book, and they wanted to begin to have animals identified by their, by their gender. So when, when somebody, did you hear that thing? It was just a recent news. No. Uh, There's a recent news thing on, on NPR. Uh, they said that it's uh, Jane Goodall and a, a whole bunch of people are, Trying to get the, the way and, and the and the the uh, this particular style book is the AP style book is a is a, a a writer's format. So how they present things in terms of all over, all the way through the media, and they're tr- and she's trying to convince the style book people to acknowledge this, this the gender of animals, so as to remind everybody that they're sentient beings. And so I love that. I just thought it was because such a it's, yeah. It was such a beautiful thing. I, I thought you might have heard of that anyway. anyway. I didn't, but it makes so much sense because if you're talking about uh, a she or a he rather than an it, right? Um, that that being becomes more alive and real to you. It's not an automaton or, or a thing that doesn't think or feel. You know, it's a she or a, a she feeling something, <clears throat> a her going through something. Well, that that was exactly the point, and and the, and they went a whole bunch of very interesting people had a lot of interesting things to say about people and animals share an immense capacity to feel, and and we 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 form a beautiful and profound relationships with them, uh, and we justly place animals on a moral plane alongside ourselves and far above that of the cinder block or the or the or other things. So. Yeah, uh, the identifying it of by gender was is an interesting thing that's coming along. You know, and of course, what your book does, 72 Reasons to Be a Vegan, is all part of that same conversation in a, in a using a, a little bit different, but it's more, anyway, it's, 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 but it's in the same zone. So maybe for, uh, yep. for our listeners who don't know what veganism is, maybe, Kathy, if you'd take a moment with us and, and give our listeners an overview exactly of what this topic is. Yeah. And actually, I'm so glad you brought that up because that's why we wrote the book. This is a book for people who have been like, okay, what's a vegan? What is veganism? How is it different than keto? Um, why should I 
do this instead of paleo? What's what's the point of all of this? And so it's a book for people who are curious about veganism, or it's also a book about people who are already there and they just aren't walking databases of information. And so it's like you can give it out to your friends and family who are saying, are you sure you're getting enough iron? Are you sure you're getting enough protein? So <clears throat> what vegan is, is uh, someone who doesn't eat, eat anything from an animal. So that means no, uh, no flesh, no meat, but also no eggs or dairy. And, you know, uh, this particular book is only about food. You can take it as far as you want, not wear leather, not wear wool, things like that. But we're not talking about that. We're just talking about food and diet. So someone who is vegetarian is someone who doesn't eat flesh from an animal, but they'll still drink milk, the fluid of an animal, or, in, or eggs, which are the, the menstrual uh, cycle of, of a chicken. So the difference is just one where uh, and vegans, we will, you know, choose to eat things from plants, uh, things that are grown in the ground or on trees or made from those things, nothing from an animal. Mm-hmm. Well, that, but, go ahead, go, keep going. But, but Jean and I, you know, just to interject there, I think sometimes people get the idea that, that veganism is a really strict thing. And I think probably maybe back in the day, it used to be uh, more of a fringy thing. And, you know, you'd sort of be eating a bowl of sprouts and wearing white robes or something. (laughs) And, you know, there weren't those kind of options. And so people thought you had to eat this really boring food. But um, so Gene and I just wanted to talk about how um, it's, it's just not that way anymore. Like, I know that you were already talking about this stuff decades ago. And I think it was much, much harder then to embrace a plant-based diet because it was something that you just didn't have options available at restaurants or it was very hard to go grocery shopping. You basically had to live on literally, you know, sprouts and beans, which is fine, but it's kind of, you know, uh, not a a robust life that you get to enjoy. And so this is really all the reasons that the vegan vegan world, vegan population, whatever, has just exploded by something like 600%. You know, the people who identify themselves as being vegan has risen by 600% in the last couple of years. And that's because there's all these different reasons that people are moving away from eating animals and toward eating plant-based. So this is a book of all the reasons. And it's a it's an extraordinary uh, compilation of of the various reasons, and and of course, uh, I just I, I I could read them all, but I mean rather than rather than doing that, I what I what I hope we'll be able to do, Kathy, as we move through our discussion, is we'll be able to pick out some of the the most what you might consider the most salient or the ones I might choose one, and we might kind of tip you know tiptoe through the book through different of these chapters because you do. One of the advantages of it by by breaking it down, as you and Jean have done, is that you articulate very specifically to exactly the the chapter title so that instead of instead of burying that fact in a whole blizzard of other facts that you sort of all, you know, uh, mix together, which then you, it's yeah. just it's just so overwhelming. The advantage of your book is, is that it it particularizes the, the, the particular concern, whether it's vitamin A and D or whether it's yes. erections or whatever it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's written for the ADD brain. I mean, I think we're all a little bit ADD these days, you Uh know, fortunately or unfortunately, because we're inundated with so much information, so much stimulation. But um, the book is sort of divided up into super easy to read, tiny chapters, no chapters more than two pages. And some of them are just a page long. And it's just the information that is easy on the eyes. We've got some nice graphics and some, you know, good studies to back things up. But so that you don't exactly what you said, you don't get overwhelmed with, you know, going down the rabbit hole on one, any one subject. It's just, here's the bottom line. If you're interested in climate change, boom. If you're interested in having better skin, boom. If you're interested in losing weight, boom. And, you know, we just talk about the various reasons to be vegan um, without going too far overboard. Well, I, and I think that that's the, that's the part of us, the, for those of us who have been reading on this topic for a lot of years, uh, that's one of the things that's always been hard when we've either been thinking for our own needs and our own family's needs and that kind of thing, or when we're out and we're doing public speaking, that kind of thing. It is it's always, this, the subject has always been so so bundled with so many other pieces to it. So your book really stands out as being a, a for me, the most successful that I've seen, actually, in terms of doing exactly as you've done, you know, breaking these things down into, into bite sizes. So, Kathy, before we get into pieces, those pieces, and I want to make the majority, probably the majority of our visit to to go through those pieces, but maybe to step back just a little bit and, and ask you, Kathy, uh, you know, the, you're quite well known. You've, you've got, what I, look at, I, I looked on you, uh, you've got... 39,000 followers on Instagram and 24,000 followers on Facebook, and you've written lots and lots of things. So you've established quite a lot of public presence and, and popularity. So, so that gives you the sort of standing that you have. But, but let's go back to Georgia. Let's go back to the girl that grew up <laughs> a little bit. Just a, how, how Yeah, did, let's go back to Doraville, Georgia. If I, if I could have known when I was growing up in Doraville, Georgia, that I was going to be sitting on stage with Oprah talking about veganism, I, w- I would have thought, you know, you, you'd grown three heads. There's not even <laughs> a chance, I'd, you know. But, but so, so life takes us in these directions that we don't know. I grew up in a in a small city, and um, I ate what everybody else ate. My mother fixed what everybody else fixed. My protein smoothie back then was a blender full of milk and um, juice and a raw egg, <laughs> and that was my that was my smoothie. I, it's shocking that I didn't die, but uh, from salmonella or something. But I but I ate you know, pepperoni pizza, buckets of wings. My dad would throw a steak on the grill on Sundays. Um, you know, we had pork chops once a week. I didn't even think about it. And as I got older, you know, I, I would enjoy some pate, some goose liver pate. And, you know, I, I just didn't think about it. I just, I never connected the dots. But I, you know, I started teaching meditation classes. I started uh, working with people who had cancer who had various issues going on in their lives. And I started writing about relationships and how to become more awake and aware in your life. And I realized that I was a bit of a hypocrite because I had not looked under the hood of food. Where did my food come from? So I began to uh, 
challenged myself. Like if I'm going to be talking about becoming awake and aware and healing and all these things, I darn well better know about food and how it affects the body, how it affects the soul, how it affects relationships, all of these things. And how, how do I feel about it? So I began to look under the hood and of course, you know, seeing how animals become the, the plate on your kitchen table is a really disturbing process. And so there is one particular day I that stands out in my mind. You know, everybody has sort of that light bulb moment. So all of this stuff is percolating. And then one day I was playing with my dog, Lotsi, and she was on her back and I was rubbing her belly and her little legs were kicking up in the air. And I, I could swear that I saw a smile on her face. And I just thought to myself, oh, this dog, I love animals so much. And then a little voice inside of me said, well, if you love animals so much, why are you eating them? And I guess it was the voice of conscience. I don't know. Duh. But, uh, yeah. Duh. But it was very inconvenient. Let me tell you, talk about the ultimate inconvenient truth. Um, this girl loves her, you know, her indulgences, her burgers, her, you know, chicken sandwich, her scrambled eggs, all of that stuff. So I thought... I don't know the first thing about becoming vegan. And, I, you know, I thought, well, if I'm not going to have animal protein, I'm probably going to die a decade earlier because everybody knows you need animal protein to, to be strong and survive. And I'm probably just going to, you know, gain all this weight from all those, you know, carbohydrates. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, I am really, you know, I'm in conflict here because I don't want all these bad things to happen, but yet I'm not comfortable with eating animals. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to lean into it. I'm going to, I'm going to set my intention and I'm going to lean into it. And so over the course of the next year, I kept uh, crowding out animal foods with plant foods. And by that, I mean, I wouldn't say, okay, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat red meat anymore. I'm just, I would just say, you know, Instead of having that beef burrito, tonight I'm going to have a black bean burrito. So it's not going to be like, you know, I'm going to move from a delicious, hearty burrito to a salad. I'm just going to switch out for a different protein. And all the while, as I got curious about my food, I kept researching and, and reading and watching videos. Now, and now, not only did I... Now, at this point, you're Sorry. already, you're, now, excuse me, no, excuse me. I mean, are, at this point, you're already a writing, you're already a writer, you're already somebody who's actively involved in, in, uh, in yes. the, the change world, you might call it. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. I, 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 I want to remind our listeners that we're, we, we've left the little girl behind now. Now we've got an adult, oh. now we've got an, yes. uh, we've got an adult woman who's basically maturing and she's part of her, yes. part of her maturation is, interestingly enough, she, she starts with, she says, the, According to the story here, she's she's starting with meditation. She's starting so and so you're doing awareness things. So you're waking up inside. So this is what you're yes. telling. What you're I'm just slowing us down a little bit, saying we're this is this is Kathy telling us about awakening is what I kind of wanted just to in inject. Yes, thank you. I got ahead of myself, and you're right. It was just you know me being oblivious as a child, going about enjoying my life, and as I got older and I started um, becoming interested in the healing arts, uh, um, becoming more conscious and aware in my life and started to write about it, um, teaching meditation on it, guided meditation. I have a series of seven meditation, guided meditations that I did early on. But I, I just, you know, as I matured in my career and evolved in my career, 
I realized that I did not have any awareness around food, and that's how I just started changing. Right. Okay, well, that that's I, I kind of wanted us to say it that way, or something about that, because I think that the the evolution is as I've watched my own self in this this same conversation and watched my patients over the last forty some years, and I, we, these things take place step at a time. And of course, what your book so carefully does is is it a step at a time. It 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 doesn't have to happen all at once. So uh, we need to take a little break. We're talking to Kathy Freston and her new book called 72 Reasons to Be a Vegan, Vegan, excuse me, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? We'll come back and talk more with Kathy about her book. And I, I say I, I'm apologizing to our audience because we're still not back in the studio. We still can't take your call-ins. But uh, pay attention. Kathy's got a lot to say, share with us. So please stay with us. We'll be back with you in just a moment. And welcome back to Health Matters, Dr. Dead Hope today, joined by Kathy Freston in her new book called 72 Reasons to Be a, a Vegan, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? By the way, Kathy, I think that's such a great title, Why Plant-Based, Why Now? And I think, because I think the, because the, we're not only talking about ve- veganism, really, because this is, this is a, a large moral conversation that, we're, that I think we're having here, even though we're wrapping it around the issue of food. So maybe before we get, go into some of the details of your book, the specific details in your book, maybe you could share our listeners a little bit more as whatever you choose to say about how the moral part of it is influential for you. If you could say a few words about that. Sure. And so you point out the title, 72 Reasons to Be Vegan, and then we say, why plant-based, why now? And those two terms, vegan and plant-based, so we take up both of them. When we talk about vegan, vegan usually encompasses not only health issues, food issues, but it also encompasses ethics. Like you said, morals, uh, you know, more spiritually minded or ethical minded, however, or justice uh, minded. Uh, reasons where plant-based, people who talk about being plant-based, it's usually just for their health. So they're just talking about food and nutrition and longevity and all those things. And Jean and I wanted to talk about everything. So some people are motivated by losing weight, getting better skin, living longer, and then other people are motivated by um, not causing an animal suffering or not uh, contributing to global hunger. Jean and I were sort of interested in all of it. That's why we have both terms in the title. We're interested in the the heavy stuff like world hunger and uh, animal suffering and climate change, but we're also interested in the very self-centered stuff, which is like, uh, you know, losing your muffin top or having a better erection or... Um, you know, just having fun in your life or great connected relationships. It's kind of about everything. So it depends. That's that's why we. You, it's written for the AD, ADD brain. <laughs> you can just pop around and see what you're interested in, what motivates you. And interestingly, a lot of people, like, you know, your followers may be interested in, in all of those things, but a lot of people, you know, may come in the doorway of health. And then once they're through that doorway, then it's like there's a numbness that we have to have in order to not think about what happens to the animals, right? We have to sort of shut down part of ourselves. And so, but now once we've come in through the health doorway and we're plant-based, not for the animals, but for our own personal health, well, then we don't have to keep that 
door shut. We don't have to stay so numb because we're not afraid. We're, we're not contributing to suffering anymore. And so what happens is uh, there's an aliveness, uh, you know, not to be too woo-woo, but sort of our heart opens. We start feeling for animals in ways that we haven't before. We start feeling more connected to life as like we haven't before. So one thing leads to the other. Some people... Uh, like myself, actually, I came in through the ethical door. I really cared so much about animals, and I was really disturbed that I was contributing to their suffering by eating animal foods. And so I I think I mentioned before, I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die a decade earlier. I'm going to put on a ton of weight. I'm probably just going to have no energy. But you know what? I love animals. I don't want to contribute to their suffering. So, so it is. Yeah. And then... You know, I found out, of course, that I could actually add on a decade of life. I could avoid all kinds of disease. I lost weight where I needed to. I had more energy. So it's kind of in one door and through another. It all works for you. I mean, it's it's just it's it, it, there's there's a, there's so many layers to it, and that's of course one of the joys of it for many people is that it satisfies um, that craving, that hunger to be part of a larger positive picture in life and and just and just yeah. go, and just going through life and just sort of taking 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 and killing 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 i mean you know that, that doesn't it doesn't take very much of a consciousness and awareness to sort of look at that and kind of go well maybe that's not the best way so so kathy let's d- dive into some of these chapters and and i i don't quite know where to start with that so help us what 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 of the chapters, maybe, you know, think of two or three or four or ten, or what, what ones seem to be the ones that seem to be catching people's attention? What do you think our listeners might benefit most from? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the key things is that studies are showing that vegans live significantly longer than their meat-eating uh, peers, and they are having far less incidences of heart disease, stroke, cancer. They have uh, lower incidences of type 2 diabetes. They have lower blood pressure. Vegans have healthier microbiomes uh, than their meat-eating counterparts. And this is because the plant-based foods tend to be healthier than animal-based ones because they are cholesterol-free, they're lower in saturated fat, they're higher in fiber, and they have complex carbohydrates rather than, you know, just being a, a pile of meat. So they have all these essential nutrients. Um, cholesterol is only found in animal foods, which I, I did not know that. You know, dietary cholesterol is only found in animal foods, whereas in in um, plant-based foods, there there is zero cholesterol cholesterol, just zilch. And cholesterol is, of course, what contributes to heart disease and all kinds of other problems. But cholesterol is not entirely a bad thing, though. I mean, and so we need we need cholesterol in, in terms of our the, the spreading around of our hormones and all kinds of things. So from a medical point of view, we can't totally badmouth cholesterol. I mean, there is, there, but there is, because there is necessary cholesterol. Well, and luckily our our bodies make the cholesterol. Right. So that's, that's, no, exactly. That's a really good news. No, yeah. exactly, exactly. Okay, so you're so you're saying coming from a sort of selfish, self-centered health health-centered point of yes. view, there's there's a lot to be said that that the that the um, 
I'm 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 blocking on the on the 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 religious group that's in California that is so famous. Oh, the Seventh Day Adventist. Yeah, the Seventh yeah. Day Adventist. A lot of a lot of the 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 the, the health studies have been done through the Seventh Day yes. Adventist. You know? Yes. The Adventist health study uh, covered thousands and thousands and thousands of people and and tracked what they ate. And it turns out that the people who live the longest and are the healthiest are both vegans and people who eat a little bit of fish. But vegans probably uh, are living longer than those people because there wasn't a, so much of a sample of vegans. Veganism is is not that widespread. It's, it's, it's certainly newer. It's, you know, busting out 600 by 600% more people are calling themselves vegans. But um, so... Yeah, so vegans are living longer, and they're not, not only are they living longer, but they're having a better lifespan. They're not bogged down by heart disease or blood pressure. I mean, how many of your people, or probably not your people because they're healthier, but how many people do we know who are on blood pressure medication? Uh, or on insulin, or on you way, know all kinds of way, way, way too many, and 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 yeah. for for from all kinds of reasons. So, uh, Kathy, pick a chapter. Let's uh, you know grab a grab a chapter rather than an overview. Now let's let's move into the chapters and see what I mean. Like this, your skin will will look amazing. I mean, for a lady, that's got to be kind of important. For me, it was really important. I had adult acne before I became vegan. Oh and, uh, well. <laughs> Yeah. You you need yeah. it. Yeah, you needed this. Yeah, you needed this. I really did. I really did. And, you know, we find out that uh, the hormones in, in dairy is uh, because, you know, of course, there are growth hormones in dairy, whether added hormones, which they do add hormones a lot, or even if it's completely organic and no added hormones, a, a mother's milk is is full of growth hormones because that's what mother's milk is supposed to do. It's supposed to help the baby grow whether it's a cow or a person. And so that sort of hormonal imbalance, I was big on drinking a glass of milk a day, as mm. you can see with my smoothie and everything. Mm. So I had all kinds of skin problems. So when I went vegan, that kind of cleared up. And I had also gone to my doctor at a certain point, and I said, I just feel like my skin tone is sallow. I don't feel like I glow, and I'm too young to have this kind of gray pallor to my skin. Mm-hmm. So what's going on? And of course, he had no idea because he was a medical doctor who was not interested in <laughs> right. nutrition. Right. But um, so that changed when I went plant based because I was getting all this great, uh, all these this wide array of vitamins and minerals, and I again didn't have all that saturated fat that clogged up everything, and my skin started to glow. So that was a really nice surprise for me because again, I did not know that that was going to happen. So, so, so not only do you get to be moral, you get to have nice-looking skin. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, uh, not, and I'm very, believe me, I'm very motivated by uh, you know things well, that are going to affect me directly. Well, you're 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 I I think you're famous for style too, aren't you? You're somebody that's sort of people point to you as a sort of a style leader. I I gather from uh, from from what thank they you. from what they say thank you. What, I, what they say online yeah. anyway. I mean. Well, who knows? But you know, I I was I was I was in Vanity Fair for one of the years, best dressed, and I was shocked. But but I loved being able to say, you know, what what's my style? They ask you, you know, what what is sort of the ethos of your style? And then mine was cruelty free. So wow. I just want to want to dress in a way 
that doesn't cause um, any animal suffering. Not that this is what the book is about. It's not no, about clothes. No. So don't worry. You know, people are like, oh, my God, I have to actually, you it's, know, throw no, on the it, leather. No, no it's, it, it, it's very free of a lot. Of, it's, it's free of that, of that, uh, that constrictive thinking about how, you know, how we, yeah. we suddenly have to be perfect citizens. But now yeah. something that for our listeners who now this we're here this program is played midday, so we have a family, you know, it's a family show, so we have to be a little bit thoughtful. But, dude, your erections, gals, your clitoris. I mean, I, even though, even though, even having said, I, I, I think we, we do need to, it's just to give us some thought about that. I mean, what, what got your attention, didn't it? Well, well, I mean, it is. So, so tell us a little bit about that, and and. Yeah, well, I will just put it very simply, and that is that the same things that clog up your arteries to your heart, is, uh, which is saturated fat and cholesterol uh, found in animal foods, is the same stuff that clogs up your circulation everywhere, included to your tender bits. Right. So right. I'll just leave it at that. Good. Well, good. Well, I just want our listeners to have a chance to know that there was something that that was really kind of fun, but sort of secret about the whole thing. So mo- moving on to um, things that are kind of global, the rainforest, yeah. they are the lungs of the planet. Say, tell us about that. Mm-hmm. What's, what's going on in that chapter? Well, you know, the rainforest, and we're cutting down the rainforest at an alarming rate, but the rainforests are, serve as like a carbon sink. So these trees suck in the carbon, and it's stored in them. And so it's like uh, there is this amazing filtration system. They just hold all this carbon. So when they're cut down, all that carbon is released up into the atmosphere. And that is obviously a huge problem if you're concerned with climate change. And I think, you know, most people by this time are pretty concerned with that. So when you cut down the rainforest, not only are you um, releasing all this carbon into the air, but they're mostly cut down to provide um, land to graze cattle. And so cows are one of the biggest contributors to climate change, believe it or not, because cows, what they do when they're digesting their food, whether it's grass or grain or whatever it is, they the way they digest their food is they ferment in their stomachs. And they burp and they fart. And those burps and farts are methane. <laughs> and methane goes, yeah. And you'd, you'd think that, that, you know, okay, the cows burps and farts, come on, truly that's not contributing to, to climate change. But if you think about the billions upon billions of, of, of animals we're raising every year to be slaughtered, that's a lot of methane. And methane has 28 times the warming potential of carbon dioxide. So we're, we're cutting down the rainforest, we're, le- we're releasing all the carbon dioxide, and now we're putting more cows and more animals out there grazing, which is creating more methane, and that is also an even more powerful uh, global warming gas. Right, and that's a that's a pretty big item. I mean, when when I mean, the many of our citizens now recognize that that climate change is our you know are really our largest existential threat at the moment, and so the idea of, of being able to use your dietary choices as, and being conscious of that and and being relevant yeah. to the to doing doing our little whatever our little bit is. The business of being being honest and, and thoughtful about that is 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 a very real thing and something we can do. 
ourselves. Yeah. So, so you also you have a chapter called "The World Is Becoming Overrun with Animal Poop," which is kind of in the same zone where we were a minute ago. But let's move on from that. Let's see. Um, creamy doesn't have to mean dairy. Talk about that, if you would. Well, that's one of my favorite chapters because I think, like most people, I was addicted to cheese and anything creamy because there's just something so comforting about cheese and cream and milk and all of those things. And if you look at the science behind why, like, why is it so addictive? Why do we have such a craving for it? Why? It's actually when we're digesting dairy, something is created in our digestive process called casomorphine. And the word morphine is in there for a reason, because it's like a morphine. It's addictive. Maybe nature intended it so that the the the, the little baby calf who was uh, nursing on her mother would stay close. And that's, you know, nature sort of uh, hooked it up that way. But with us, we literally get addicted. It's like, uh, you know, th- that we have these receptors, opioid receptors, which are working the same with dairy as they are with um, with major drugs. And so when I found out that I could make my own cream sauce and buy things, you know, I certainly could buy in the store, but cashew cream, you know, you can make it or you can buy it. I make it is so unbelievably simple and delicious. You basically take a few raw unsalted cashews and you blend them in water depending on how thick you want the cream. And so that cream you can either sweeten with whatever you want to sweeten, maple syrup or whatever, and uh, use it as a sauce for desserts. You can make a pudding out of it. You can also make it as an Alfredo sauce. So if you're nice and thick, I, I put veggie sausage in, the, in a big, thick Alfredo sauce and put it on pasta. I use cashew cream as a base for creamy soups, like cream of broccoli, cream of asparagus. You put a little bit of... Um, you know, sautéed carrots and onions and and, uh, garlic in there. And it's just, you've got all the creamy stuff that you love, but without the addictive quality of dairy and without all the problems of saturated fat and cholesterol. Well, I tell you, speaking as a practitioner, when when I have clients and I've, I've, I've tested them, they they come in and they have a phlegm problem. Okay. And, and, Mm. and so then we 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 actually go to the trouble the, the science even of of finding out that in fact they they do have a dairy sensitivity and then what mm-hmm. <laughs> what i hear for the next 6 months or as long as who who can tell they say i i, I can't give up my cheese i i can't yeah. i can't i can't so the thing that you just said is very important in terms of that addictive quality and and uh, that it's scientific. They're not wrong. They actually, you know, they're they're literally drawn in by the bio, biology um, exactly. underneath it. And so no, no, exactly. when you can replace that, you know, and you, you so that's the homemade cash cream. But th- then you can have cheeses, you know, that are widely available. You know, cheese made from nuts, miyokos, Kite Hill, Tree Line, butters that are made from you know all kinds of nuts and, and seeds. You've got uh, ice cream that's cashew-based or soy-based. You've got, you know, whatever, rice-based, rice, rice based, oat-based. I mean, it's just this huge array of creaminess and yogurt, things that things that normally come from dairy. Now there's so many great alternatives, so that's, you don't have to worry about that. Well, another thing that you're, one, of your, one of your chapters, crowding out food is easier than cutting out food. I think that that's an important important idea too for our listeners who may be thinking about oh I can't I can't do this I can't do that or it's too big a step so talk a little bit Believe about me. talk a little bit I, about 
crowding out is easier than yeah. cutting out. I mean, that's, that's I, I, I totally understand because for me it was very, like uh, the idea of like having to just sort of <gasps> I can't have all the things that I eat. I mean, what am I supposed to eat? I'm like going to have a cracker. I mean, there's nothing for me. So, which is not true, of course. But you don't know that when you start on this path, you just think, oh my god, everything in my fridge. So uh, we're big believers in crowding out, not cutting out, which means I'm not going to just say, okay, I'm not going to have this anymore. I'm not going to have any cheese anymore. I'm not going to have right. any yogurt anymore. Doesn't Instead, work. It doesn't work. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to get real curious. I'm going to have the spirit of adventure and I'm going to go to my grocery store and I'm going to check out what they have that's non-dairy, but that's creamy. So if I'm into yogurt, you know, I'm going to see what kind of vegan yogurts there are. If I'm into cheese, I'm going to see what kind of plant-based cheeses there are. If I'm into ice cream, I'm going to take a look and see what kind of vegan ice cream they have. And then you just find, you just try different things and you see what you like. And then little by little, you, you just find your footing. You, you're crowding out the old stuff. And subtly what happens in your body at the same time you've got this spirit of adventure going on and you're kind of finding all these things is your chemistry is changing because you're eating so much more fiber now and your your sugar craving is different because, you know, the fiber is regulating the blood sugar so you have a steady stream of energy instead of the ups and downs you used to have. You're, you All that fiber also pushes against the stretch receptors in your stomach so you feel full when you're actually full. And, um, and it's also that fibers cleaning out all the gunk as you, as it moves through your colon. So you're feeling clean and full of energy. And that's also, you know, part of the great thing when you crowd out rather than cut out, your body is going to at the same time start feeling better. So you're going to start craving healthier foods Mm -hmm. naturally. Well, our, our guest in our, in our last week's show was a, a gal who had written a book on Ayurvedic healing. And of course, part of her teaching had to do with fasting too so there was there's uh, many people take this not only do they take the you know they make f- different food choices for the, for the the very good reasons that we're talking about with Kathy today many people also find that if they uh, include uh, periodic fasting is one of the ways because you were just talking about cleaning out and one of that was one of the subjects that we talked about last week with our guests which was how significant um, the the if the issue of fasting can be in terms of the cleaning out process but let's move on and and talk about you mentioned that there are a couple of different things here in terms of foodborne foodborne illnesses cause are killing us and and also there's no need for to spend on supplements so maybe either either of those items are something of interest to me so talk about sure. so talk well um yeah, I, I'm a big fan of clean protein. I, I think a lot of people are obsessed with protein. And um, what we call clean protein is basically it's free of cholesterol and saturated fat. It is clean from salmonella, campylobacter, E. coli, and listeria. It's clean from it doesn't have the antibiotic residue in drugs. It doesn't have the hormones. So all of that stuff is clean protein, and that's where you get from beans and seeds and nuts and whole grains and things like that, whereas animal protein has all that other stuff. It's really problematic. And so, you know, in addition to clean protein being good for your body, it's you, 
you're it's clean on the environment. It's it's not creating all this waste that you know sullies the land and and pollutes the water and, and and ruins our air. So that's that's a really big plus. And then you mentioned vitamin supplements. Well, you know we don't need to supplement if we are eating a really you know wide variety and of rainbow-colored fruits and vegetables. Nature works in this symphony that, you know, you get all your your vitamins from your food, all your minerals, but you don't get vitamin B12 as, as a vegan especially because vegans um, don't eat flesh from an animal. And so what where you get the B12 is animals are eating dirt along with their food, and it's in that dirt that mixes with the bacteria, creates this bacteria in their gut, um, goes into their flesh, and we are eating that B12. So if you're vegan, you're not getting that. But even studies are showing now that adults, especially older adults, have a, a much more poor absorption of B12 anyway. So it's not a bad idea to supplement with B12 whether you're a vegan or not. I, I That's been my experience, exactly. So I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because there are those who try to say that they, they try to slough off the B12 problem, but I'm, I'm happy that you came, no. you came right up to yeah. it. And now you, you do say that chocolate is pretty nice, not so bad. Chocolate is not so bad. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> that along with vodka, martinis, and a good cup of coffee, not so bad. Not so yeah, bad. Yeah, so... Yeah, look for that bittersweet chocolate, you know, that which which means it doesn't have milk in it right. and uh, doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, and it is just fantastic. I sometimes when I want a little nibble of something sweet, I just take off a few squares of um, of bittersweet chocolate, and it just it just answers my hankering really well. Right. Now you say that uh, that the uh, now for those of us who are a little older. The, and, and we won't have to go too far into this because, but but I just wanted to just mention just because there 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 are titles here in front of me. You talk about how animal products are are linked to cancer. You talk about how uh, arthritis is. Uh, you can you can uh, prevent and avoid a lot of arthritis by by using uh, the kind of foods that you're talking about. So there are tremendous uh, health for like I say for particularly for us older people. One of the things that. One of the great things that I started in my practice with, uh, there was a ch- Chinese doctor in San Francisco who, who was famous, a guy named Colin Dong, Dr. Uh, Colin Dong, who's an MD, Chinese man. And he, one of the things he was famous in, for in San Francisco in the, in the 50s and 60s, as I recall, was he was one of the first physicians that people talked about who insisted that people change their diet in much of the ways that you were oh, talking yeah. about. And how, so if, if people... You know, if some of the certain level of certain style of people, when they had arthritis, they went to see Dr. Dong, and Dr. Dong mm-hmm. got them to basically change their diet. And so this business yeah. of, of working, working um, health care as a dietary process is something that's mm-hmm. was very now, much, very now, very much with us. And what your book helps us do, it helps us see in through all kinds of windows toward that, that, that those different issues whether it's about trans fats or, or whatever. So there's a, a lot to be given in this book. And, and Kathy, you've done such a nice job synops- you know, giving us synoptic chapters so that we don't have to like try to swallow the whole thing in one, one bite. As, as it were. As it, exactly. <laughs> so, Kathy, it's been wonderful. So t- tell our listeners about where they can hear more about your teaching and your, your way in the world. Give us your website and things like that, if you would. 
Oh, thank you so much. Well, the book is sold wherever books are sold, and um, uh, you can visit me on Instagram is where I'm most active, which is Kathy Freston with a K and an F, uh, the same on Twitter and Facebook, but I'm really active on Instagram. Or you can find me on my website, kathyfreston.com. All right. Well, Kathy, it's been a pleasure to have you with us today, and thanks for writing this book, and thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. I appreciate it. Okay. Be be well.